Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Are you seeking the right tools to shine in today's competitive job landscape? Join us for an enlightening journey of professional growth and success with our dynamic 2MFM radio series, Career Catalyst, Landing Your Job, proudly supported by the New South Wales Government. Every week we'll bring you expert insights and practical tips that will empower you to conquer the job market and secure that dream position you've always aspired to. From crafting standout resumes to acing interviews and fostering a positive workplace environment, our series covers it all. Whether you're a seasoned professional looking to climb the ladder or a recent graduate embarking on your career path, Career Catalyst is your go-to resource for improving your skills and landing that desired job offer. Career Catalyst, landing your job. Your journey to professional success begins here. Welcome to another episode in our series where we seek advice for migrants and cold women on how to successfully secure a job. In today's episode, we will be speaking with Miriam Bahari. Miriam is a cultural and linguistics diversity coordinator at TAFE New South Wales and has decades of extensive experience up her sleeve in supporting the migrants of Western Sydney. We'll be delving into the topic of job interviews today from all angles, including preparation, execution and evaluation to help migrants and cold women anticipate and gracefully overcome some of the challenges of this stressful high-stakes setting. So, Miriam, the first question that I have for you today is just a very general question. What are some of the struggles that women might face in securing a job? Um, thank you, Dima. Um, some of the struggles women have is language. From what I, When I work with communities and work with women specifically, they don't feel confident in their language, in, in English. So it's really important that women... Um, continue with, with English, um, improve their language, improve their reading, their writing and understanding um, so that they can secure work and be confident when they apply for work. We have a lot of courses that are certificate one level so you can learn a new skill but improve your English at the same time. Mm. So in that way you are learning skills as well as improving your English, your confidence, and um, interacting with other people in your local area. So you did mention confidence. Um, I want to fixate on that Mm. point a little bit more. Why is it important for a woman to approach a job interview with confidence? The more confident you are in yourself, in how you position yourself, how you sit, how you speak, um, gives a better impression of you. You may know... um, the job inside out. You may have total lots of skills, but if you present at an interview not feeling confident or shy or I'm not sure there's probably other people better than me, I'm not that great, that's how you're going to come across and you're not going to be um, a, a candidate. Employers want people who are confident, people who are able to say, yes, I can do this, no, I can't do this, um, are able to identify safety issues, are able to speak up about any issues or concerns or give feedback. So that's really important. So women, we we, we were brought up to be part of the community and TAFE helps us to become more confident. In TAFE, we help our, our students in being confident in the skills that they're learning 
um, and practice their skills. And also we give them links to other employers. So that's really important, the confidence. Coming to do a course and meeting other people gives you that confidence. So when you go to an interview, you can say, yes, I can do this. I'm not really sure about this particular element of the job, but I know this part of the job. So you're able to identify what you can and cannot do. A lot of people do approach a situation like a job interview with a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and nervousness. So is that normal? And to what extent is it normal? And how do we manage it when it impedes us from approaching a job interview with a sufficient amount of confidence? Being nervous is normal. You know, that that's, if you're not nervous... You could be too blasé, not you know specific enough. So being nervous is normal. It sometimes helps you to prepare more because you are nervous. You want to give a good impression, so you prepare more. You you practice. You you get all your your documents in in order. You you know you put some effort into the interview, preparing for the interview. So the more that you prepare, the more relaxed you will become. Practicing with other people. I say to people, oh, I'm going to do this interview, what questions? Maybe they'll ask me, make sure you've done some, speak to your teachers, speak to your colleagues about how, how you can prepare, what questions they may ask you for this particular job. So being a little bit more prepared, breathing in, breathing out, like being calm, leaving, giving yourself lots of time to attend the interview if you're, you know, catching public transport factor in, things may go wrong. Um, make sure you've got the phone number of where you're going. So if you are running late, you give them a call. Um, say the train's late. I'm sorry, but, you know, this is what's happened. So it's out of your control. Dress in something that you feel comfortable in, respectable and um, relevant, but something that you feel confident and nice in, like it's it's – you like that sort of outfit. So it's feeling confident within yourself, making sure you know the information as well as um, giving yourself time to get to where you need to get to without getting stressed. On that topic of being prepared and having the information before going into the interview, do you think it's important to do research on the actual organisation itself before going to that interview? Oh, 100%. Like, go on the website, um, suss out there what they do, how they do it, what locations they're in, what type of products they produce, what you can bring into that sort of an organisation, what's some of your ideas around that. It's, it's really important to do some of your research so you are prepared. You have questions, you know, often they ask you, do you have any questions? You've got questions that, oh, I read on your website you do, what What does that mean? Or I'm really interested in that side of it or whatever. Like, so you, you show some interest. You're not just filling in a box. What do you think you could ask the interviewer to ensure that the job is right for you personally? Well, it's really important to look at the, before you even apply for the job, is that you look at the job ad um, if there is one, the flyer that it's come out on, if it's by, you've heard about these jobs or by word of mouth that you make sure that you, that it's a valid position, you ring them up and say what type of work is required. There might be work that is, you know, shift work. You might not be able to do shift work or you can only do certain hours. Um, it might be that 
the head office and the interview might be in one location, but the work is in another location. So you need to see if that's suitable for you. So you need to be a bit more inquisitive, be proactive and confident to, to ring them up and say, look, I saw this job ad. Can you tell me more about it? Ring up and ask for the job description. Um, ring up and ask for any information that they can give you about that position. And if a person is unsuccessful by the end of their interview, um, how do they move past that experience and learn for future interviews? Often organisations give feedback, so you can ring up the person who interviewed you, the contact person, and ask for some feedback and be open to the feedback. Um, it, it can be confronting to hear what they have to say about you, but you, from that you learn. Um some of it might be skills and some of it they may say, oh, we needed you to have more skills around this particular area. So then that way you can come back to TAFE or to do a course to, to upskill yourself in that particular area. If you don't get that feedback, then you don't really know. Um, so it's really important to be brave. And sometimes on the phone it's a bit braver. You can be braver on the phone and ask, oh, can you give me some feedback um, why I didn't, why, why I wasn't successful, why I didn't get the position. So you can look at how you can change it. Some of it might be, oh, you know, just on the day you didn't perform that great or um, someone else was a little bit more confident and presented a little bit differently um, or better fit for that organisation. So it's not always a bad thing that you did it. Like, if it's for one job, there's only going to be one person. So 20 people may apply, only one person's going to get that job. So it's not always a bad thing, it's just probabilities. Um, and the more experience you have in job interviews, the better you become at it, and then you're able to you know, apply for other jobs and be more confident in them. Yeah, absolutely. And why do you think it's important to handle this, um, this loss with grace? Why is it important not to act out? You show your integrity in how you respond to different situations. You show your your personality in how you demonstrate and how you respond to different situations. You didn't get this job, but in a six months, a year's time, three years' time, they may be requiring workers again. So if, if you acted badly or ungraciously, they will remember that. You get me? Like if you're not considerate of others when you get the news that you may not necessarily want, they will remember that and that may affect you in other situations and other opportunities for employment. Absolutely. Um, you know, as I said, positions, there's one job and 20 people may apply. It's, there's still going to be people who will miss out. So it's about applying for work and being confident that you can do the job, but it's also continuing your endeavours to get employment. Don't let it stop you. But if you're not in it, you can't win it. You know, you've got to be in it to win it, as they say. So it's not just saying, oh, I'm not going to ever get that job because, you know, it's too competitive. You've, you've got to try. You know, it's, you know, once someone once gave me advice and you apply for the job and whoever is on the selection panel, it's their job to work out who's suitable or not suitable. It's not for me to sort of cut myself out even before I even apply. Absolutely. That's not my, my role is to apply, put my best effort into it, and then whoever has the role of 
doing the selection panel and going through all the applications. That's their job to work out who's suitable or not suitable. I do have a question. Does handling yourself gracefully in an interview um, pay off in terms of the networks that this organisation might have with other organisations? For sure. So if you go to an interview and you are considerate and you speak well and you know may not be as knowledgeable as somebody else but you give a good impression of yourself you know first impressions are always important um there might be other opportunities they may have other connections within that industry and they hear somebody's looking for work and they say oh all right we you know interviewed x y and z and they were really good you know here's their details may want to interview them or speak to them in in the future there might be other jobs that they may have we need to always be professional being professional is really important it marks who you are your professionalism and your commitment to yourself you know but that's part of being confident if you're confident, you know, this is who I am, you, you like it, great, I get the job. If you don't, well, then that's okay too because this is who I'm comfortable being. So you're saying that there's a mutual point between being confident and being professional, that they feed into each other? Of course, of course. You can be confident and be too overconfident and you just think, you know, you're the bee's knees, as they say. That's different to being confident and gracious mm-hmm. and being professional. Absolutely. If you're overconfident and you, you oh, I know all the answers and they, I'm, I'm really good and whatever, you have to have substance. And if you don't give the substance and you don't answer the questions appropriately, you don't show that you've done your research and done your homework and you ask them questions, that's part of the interview process. That's part of how you demonstrate your personality. That's a great piece of advice. And I wanted to ask, actually, what other things people might misconstrue as professional behavior, but in fact, it might be detrimental to their interview? Something that when, when I've been on interview panels and we've asked questions and they said, oh, it's all in my resume. It's in my resume. Just read my resume. Well, I've had your resume. I want you to tell me about that, you know, be able to articulate because, you know, your resume, I can write my resume and it sounds really quite good, but then when I come to speak it, it's different. So you need to be able to articulate what you've written in your resume as well. Absolutely. So being proactive in your own responses is really important. Absolutely. We did speak about building skills and uh, you've told us that you work a lot with migrant communities. And uh, I want to mm. ask that you might encounter a lot of women that feel that they're a liability due to their migrant or cold background. Um, But what skills can a person from this background uniquely bring to a workforce that they should be reassured about? That's a very good question also, Dima. An organisation is made up of the people within that organisation. The diversity, the cultures, the language, the the different way we say things, it makes the environment of that organisation. Most organisations want vibrant environments, an environment where people are learning from each other, that they're productive and that they communicate well with each other. So by having different cultures, we we learn from each other. You know, there's different ways to making a sandwich, for example. You know, I might start off with the butter, somebody else might start off with the mayonnaise. There might be different ways of doing it, but at the end, we learn from each other and then we produce something that is valuable. So, you know, for an organisation like TAFE, 
You know, if you come to Bankstown TAFE, like 80% of our students are from different cultural backgrounds and they're learning from hairdressing to childcare to animal care. So there's all, plus English. So there's all variety of people doing all sorts of things and that makes, we learn from each other. You know, while people have experienced overseas in different environments and war zones and refugee camps, we learn from that. Like we learn from their experiences so we become more human. We become more understanding. We understand where they've come from. And that's so important in a workplace, in a healthy workplace, that is where you're valued and your past and your future is valued is very important. That's amazing. So you're telling me that this diversity actually helps to educate the wider population. Of course, you know, we're, we're all like, for example, you and I might be from an Arabic speaking background, but we have different dialects. We have probably born in different countries, brought up differently. That all becomes how I then carry out my job is impacted on how I was brought up and who I am. And we then work out, okay, we've got to do A, B and C, but you've got to do X, Y and Z. And so we try to work together as a team to to achieve what we need to achieve. And that's all part of, you learn that through, you know, going to school, you learn it through TAFE, you learn about group work and teamwork and the importance of valuing each other. Um, and it continues in your workplace. So we did mention that there is a lot of value to be brought from um, migrant and cold communities in the workplace in terms of the cultural sensitivity that they bring to the environment. And um, mm-hmm. do you think that for this reason and other reasons, uh, it has been made more accessible for these women and people of diverse backgrounds to get a job than it was in the past? And why or why not? I mean, I, I know that it's sometimes a barrier. It's difficult because they've got childcare responsibilities, they want things in hours of where kids are at school, they want jobs close by, all that sort of stuff. So there's those issues that come up even before whether you're a migrant or not. But I don't think because you're a migrant to Australia that should stop you from achieving or seeking anything that you want to achieve in your life, including your career. We've run programs with newly arrived migrants, for example, around hospitality. Now, most women know how to cook, but we were starting off with the Cert 1 and they weren't, they weren't happy with the Cert 1. They wanted to go straight to the Cert 3, the Certificate 3 course in hospitality. We started off with the Certificate 1 as an introduction because it was in English. And they were doing legislation around health and safety and um, food, hygiene, etc., when we were doing the cooking side of things, they wanted to learn how to cook Australian food. You know, they know how to cook samosas, they know how to cook their traditional foods, they wanted to learn how to cook Australian food. So they did this course. We ran it a couple of times with other groups and then they transitioned into doing the Cert 2. Some then went to Cert 3. Out of the cohort of 30, two ended up doing the Cert 4 in cake making and patisseries. So the progression, people were happy with doing the Cert 2 and they got work around whatever the skills that they required and they got work through that. And then there was a progression in people's confidence and they travelled and they went and continued their course to the to the certificate um, for in cake and patisserie making. So it's about finding where you want to go and what your skills are and what you're happy in doing. And that will then show when you are in your work, 
if you're happy in what you're doing, that will show through in your work. I tell women when I met them and they first newly arrived and they say, oh, I just want to do a course where I'll get work. And that's fine. You can do that. But particularly if they're younger, you say, what's going to make you wake up in the morning? What's, what type of work are you going to be proud and happy to say, I do this? And then train for that. Look at the bigger picture. It might take you a year, two years. Do other work in the meantime, 100% to earn money, do other things so you can, you know, be financially secure. But if you've got the passion to do dressmaking, think about that and then do all this other stuff but end up being the dressmaker. End up being the cybersecurity expert because that's what's going to, when you wake up, you're going to be excited to go to work. That's really important that we just don't limit ourselves to, oh, I'm only going to do X job because it's close by to home. And I understand that's really important to women to picking up their kids and and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not um, underestimating the, the, the joy of children and all the rest of it. But your children will learn from you. If you are studying and learning and continuing your learning, your children will learn from you. And then it becomes a family of education. You have valued education and that more education will get you better jobs, be happier. If you're happier, your kids will be happier. If you're grumpy and not, you know, enjoying what you're doing, you know, when you're not with them, they're going to get that. They're going to feel that. They're going to, you're teaching them that work isn't meant to be enjoyable. Definitely. And you want, we want our children, we want our community, we want our women to be doing things that they're enjoying that they're contributing and and having fun, you know, enjoying what they're doing. Definitely. I have a final question for you. What is tokenism and how can an organisation avoid it while fulfilling the needs for a diverse workforce? You know, I'd rather come from a strength-based approach in terms of we all have something to contribute in the workplace, the best person for the job and for people to be valued for who they are and not filling in a box, ticking a box off. It's about... You know, and I do believe that there should be more women in the workforce and for our work to be valued. We contribute. We are important parts of the economy. So the word tokenistic, you know, is a deficit terminology. We, we should be talking about promoting the positiveness of our communities, including the women, who, how they can contribute. And people are moving towards flexible work arrangements where you can do some work at home or you can, you know, start earlier, finish earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're a lot in a better place than we were maybe five, six years ago. And maybe because of COVID, we have now explored the world of flexible work arrangements and, and hopefully things will get better. There's still lots of holes in the system and women are still not being recognised as they should for the contributions that they do offer, but hopefully within time in the next generation it will be different. And the women of this generation are helping the next the next generation and helping the men and the women of the next generation. You know, if you, you've got to teach your boys the same about how to treat their colleagues at work and the importance of the diverse community and that men and women are both in the workplace and need to do their jobs and and people support each other in doing that. Thank you, Miriam, for all the advice on how to conduct ourselves properly in a job interview. You're very welcome. <music> 
Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Are you seeking the right tools to shine in today's competitive job landscape? Join us for an enlightening journey of professional growth and success with our dynamic 2MFM radio series, Career Catalyst, Landing Your Job, proudly supported by the New South Wales Government. Every week we'll bring you expert insights and practical tips that will empower you to conquer the job market and secure that dream position you've always aspired to. From crafting standout resumes to acing interviews and fostering a positive workplace environment, our series covers it all. Whether you're a seasoned professional looking to climb the ladder or a recent graduate embarking on your career path, Career Catalyst is your go-to resource for improving your skills and landing that desired job offer. Career Catalyst, landing your job. Your journey to professional success begins here.